You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. This episode of Locked On Bills is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. It's our typical Friday routine. I'm going to give you my leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged-up Bills on the injury front. I'll give you my predictions for Sunday and, of course, my NFL draft prospects to watch on Saturday. And so for my leftover thoughts, I just want to have a quick reflection moment on where this Bills team is at and what they have in front of them. It's been an exhausting week navigating the narratives surrounding the Bills. Social media has been a dumpster fire. I've received tons and tons and tons of emails and direct messages with different thoughts and ideas and commentary. And the range of perspective is just all over the place. I mean, the ebbs and flows of an NFL season are a very real thing. You don't go out there and just have your way every single time you take the football field. And like I said earlier this week, we're feeling some type of way right now. The offense is not playing well, and the Bills lost three games already this season. They're 5-3. and three. They've played eight games and lost three. The Bills played 19 games last year and lost four. And all the hope and expectation that existed for this football team. And people are starting to have some doubt. And so I want to talk about that just a little bit. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and defend the bills or I'm not going to try to paint a rosy picture. I just want to be honest about what's in front of this team. This is a big moment for the 2021 Buffalo bills. They're playing three games in 12 days. And so you have a real opportunity here to quickly change the narrative that exists right now. We talked on Monday about how this team is in a rut. Going back to the Tennessee game, those last three quarters against the Titans, the first two quarters against Miami, and all four quarters against Jacksonville, that was bad football. The Bills have lost two of the last three and played extremely poorly in nine of the last 11 quarters that they've been on the field. Here comes the New York Jets. The Jets are at home, and they also have a rest advantage. They played on Thursday night football ahead of the Bills game on Sunday. And the Jets have played their best two games of the season offensively over their last two games. And not that I'm panicking over the Bills' defense by any means, but their offense has come to life of late. 34 points and 511 yards in a win over the Bengals. 30 points and 486 total yards Thursday against the Colts. 
I mean, that's a ton of production, both in terms of scoring and yards. I mean, that's a ton. I mean, we're talking about a thousand yards over the last two games and 64 points. Their defense has struggled all season long. And while their offense has played well over the last couple of weeks, defensively, they've had some real, real struggles. Going back to that Colts game on Thursday, the last game they played, 532 yards given up, 45 points allowed to the Colts, 28 first downs. Three weeks ago against the Patriots, who are not necessarily a high-powered offense, Patriots had 551 yards and 54 points to go with their 32 first downs three weeks ago. We've seen the Bills not take advantage of a bad Jacksonville defense and a bad Miami defense. And so this is really interesting to me because you feel like the Bills have everything necessary to really exploit nearly any defense they face, let alone bad ones. The Tennessee Titans lost to the New York Jets. Tennessee struggled early this season. They were 2-2, and and that fourth game was a loss to the Jets. How do they respond to that? Five straight wins and counting. After they lost to the Jets, they beat the Jaguars, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams. I'm excited to see what this Bills team looks like on Sunday. This AFC playoff picture is getting really, really cloudy. And I'm not suggesting that the Bills are going to have to scratch and claw to be a playoff team. But we've seen some chinks in the armor. We've seen this team struggle to win tight games this year. We've seen the Bills struggle when things haven't gone as planned. Bills are 5-3. and three. 11 teams in the AFC are 5 and 4 or better. I repeat, the Bills are 5 and 3, 11 teams, 11 in the AFC are 5 and 4 or better. There's plenty of football left. This will sort itself out. The Bills will do it or they won't. We're going to learn some things about the makeup and the leadership of the 2021 Buffalo Bills on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're made of. I don't have to sit here and defend this team to you. I don't have to sit here and try to paint a rosy picture or not be honest about this team. They're going to show us. They're going to tell us. Three games in 12 days. Let's find out what this team's made of. This episode of Locked On Bills is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I love that McDonald's serves breakfast all day long. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. I'm loving it. 
Hey there, everyone. This is Dr. Kyle Trimble, physical therapist, and I run the site bangedupbills.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bangedupbills. I come to you each and every week on Lockdown Bills prior to Bills kickoff to discuss the injuries that will impact this week's game. The injury report continues to grow every day, and I'm here to break it all down for you. First injuries we're going to discuss is the breaking news aspect of the injuries, and this is the news that Justin Zimmer has been ruled out for the remainder of the season with a knee injury suffered in Wednesday's practice, and he has since been placed on IR. As of Thursday night, details are not known as to what he suffered, but based on the timing and the wording of the report so far, this suggests that he might have suffered an ACL injury, a patellar tendon injury, or even a meniscus injury. The testing for this is rather quick, rather accurate on field, and then they usually get an MRI to confirm this information later on. So the fact they had this stuff going on Wednesday afternoon and by Thursday morning they knew this information, that leads me to believe that that, those possible diagnoses are accurate. We have not gotten any further reports, but once we do, we'll have a better timeline of what his 2022 season will look like and if he'll be back with the Bills or if he'll even be uh, active and available come training camp. Um, with the news that Zimmer was a place on injured reserve, we saw that Cam Lewis was elevated to the active roster. This serves two purposes. First, this creates depth at the quarterback position, which we've seen some injuries this season. And also, two, this eliminates the logjam that we see on game day, where several defensive line players are ruled inactive due to uh, roster demands. The next injuries we're going to talk about is Tremaine Edmonds and Spencer Brown. Uh, Spencer Brown, he is practicing in full on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. This comes after two weeks of uh, do not participate, which is incredibly con encouraging considering we talked about this previously, that big men and back injuries do not mix well. He's been seen training on the sidelines in what I felt was general discomfort, but the fact that he's back out there practicing in full on Thursday indicates that this will at least be a manageable issue. I cannot say whether he will have issues going on down the line where this will pop up again. He's not having previous history of the back injuries, but who's to say he won't have more issues unless it's publicly announced. So hoping that he doesn't have any further issues, but this will be something to monitor very closely. Uh, as for Tremaine Edmonds, uh, he was dealing with a hamstring injury uh, from Sunday's game. What's interesting is that he played in every defensive snap and some special team snaps as well. I looked at the film, and from what I could see, there wasn't any obvious plays where he would have grabbed at his hamstring or he would have hurt himself or needed time to get back up. There were several plays where the potential for injury was there, but he was able to pop right back up, and the fact that he played in every snap signifies that this might be a minor injury. But the fact that he did not practice uh, Wednesday, Thursday is not great. This could be hamstring soreness and he, the, excuse me, the team is being precautionary and not letting him practice so that he can be ready for Sunday potentially. But Friday's practice participation will be key to see whether he does play. 
he does have one prior hamstring injury in his past. He suffered one during the playoffs last year. And considering the playoffs, he played through that. And I don't know that he was necessarily limited. But considering we'll go up against the Jets in Week 10 this year, I want to lean toward he's not going to play. And they can let Tyrell Dodson take his place as they did last year when he was out with a shoulder injury. He'll be one to watch come Friday and when game day inactives come out on Sunday. Next injuries we're going to discuss is Zach Moss and Teron Johnson. They're both dealing with concussions. Zach Moss suffered his concussion sometime early in the third quarter, just prior to Josh Allen's first interception. His helmet did come off on the last play he was directly involved in when he ran off to the left and got tackled by several Jacksonville players. But it wasn't clear that he suffered a concussion at that time because he was on the field for the next play when Josh Allen threw the interception. Moss came off, and either the eye in the sky, the athletic trainers, saw that something was suggesting that a concussion had occurred, or he had some symptoms when he came off. He was brought in for evaluation, and then they later ruled him out. As for Teron Johnson, he suffered his concussion on the first defensive drive of the game during that extended time where it ended up being 11 plays. It also isn't clear when he suffered the concussion, but once Jacksonville scored their points and he came off, then he must have also been feeling something, got assessed, was initially real questionable, and then was ruled out. Both have been practicing this week, which is really good, with Teron Johnson being limited Wednesday and Thursday, whereas Zach Moss was did not practice on Wednesday and was limited Thursday. This signifies that they are at least in stage four of the protocol as they have both been donning non-red contact jerseys and they're participating with practice to some extent, not just drills off to the side. So based off the information right now on Thursday, they are both trending in the right direction and could play on Sunday if they get a full practice in on Friday, which is very likely uh, after having a concussion on Sunday. There's not exact numbers to say that Half guys will play, half won't, but concussions are unique. This is Teron Johnson's second concussion after suffering one, I believe, last year. And this is Zach Moss's first concussion uh, dating back to what I could find. He had not had one prior to um, his time in Buffalo, at Utah, or anything that I could find previously. So they'll both be something to watch. Based off what we're seeing right now, I think they'll be trending in the right direction unless they have a setback on Friday. Uh, Looking at the rest of the injuries here, uh, Cole Beasley did not participate in practice on Wednesday. He's still dealing with a rib injury on the left side from the uh, several shots he took uh, in week eight. Looking back, he probably shouldn't have played in the game on in week eight, but he did. He was definitely limited. I think he'll continue to try to gut it out, and I don't believe that he'll have a game day designation unless they feel that Isaiah McKenzie will be the preferred option in the slot. So I think he'll be back out there, but I would like to see more Isaiah McKenzie in place of Cole Beasley, at least uh, for this coming Sunday. Uh, Jacon Johnson, he had suffered a hamstring strain. Uh, he had dealt with them in college briefly, and he's been kind of banged up here and there, but nothing too significant. He was able to return to the game, uh, later on, he played just mostly special teams. He's been limited all week, and I expect that he'll play because the fact that he was able to return in the game and then still participate in practice all this week signifies this may be more of a minor issue. Um, he is replaceable being on special teams, but considering the depth we saw with the issues with Jordan Poirier last week, I wouldn't outright take out 
Jaquan Johnson as a backup because we see when he does get playing time on defense, he does flash. Uh, and then finally, Dawson Knox. Uh, he was practicing a full on Thursday, which is great. Um, I've said several times on the podcast, I've published on Buffalo Realmings that I thought he would have returned last week uh, against Jacksonville. Considering how poorly they played against Jacksonville, he might have been able to have a difference. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But the fact that he is out there practicing in full and catching balls um, is a good sign. Uh, I've not seen any videos of him catching balls from Josh Allen, but I'm sure on the jugs machine they can speed that ball up pretty quickly to allow him to simulate what it would be like catching a ball from Josh Allen. And he's looked very natural with it. He's been able to toss the balls back. He's been able to catch the balls thrown to him without shaking out the hand or seemed like he was uh, very restrictive with any of his movements there. Um, I don't know how he will perform when he comes back, but considering they took the extra time to let him come back, I wouldn't imagine there is much of a drop-off in terms of his quality of play. Hopefully the drops don't come back uh, from that he suffered with the past uh, two seasons. While this injury report continues to grow week by week, most of our guys are still able to work through these injuries and play through them and be rather effective. Uh, Not to go too far into Jets' details, they currently have 14 guys in injury reserve of varying degrees of severity. A lot are season-ending, but they can't stay healthy, and the guys that they do have that are starting continue to go out with major injuries that will keep them out the rest of the year. And the guys that don't have major injuries can't come back soon enough. This game presents similar to what it looked like against the Tennessee Titans, where we had the advantage coming into the game injury wise. And of course we lost on the last play. I expect the bills to take care of business to move to six and three and heal several of these guys up as they look to face the Colts in week 11. Hey, bills fans. This is Joe Marino with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, folks, it's time for my predictions for the game on Sunday. Normally, I give you five predictions This time I have four, but one of them's pretty aggressive. I'm going to stack some things together here. So number one, I am predicting 100 receiving yards for Stephon Diggs. We talked about this Bills offense being in a rut. And I think this is one of those situations where Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to say, you know what? We are the engines that make this offense go, and we need to get back to doing what we do. And last year, this offense was all about throwing the football to Stephon Diggs. And so I I think you're going to see Josh Allen going to Diggs early and often on Sunday. So give me 100 yards for Stephon Diggs against the Jets. Number two, 
I am predicting over 4.2 yards per carry for the Bills running backs on Sunday if Spencer Brown plays. This is a run defense that the Bills should be able to take advantage of. And like I said, this run game is on notice right now. You know it's a big emphasis from Coach McDermott, and they need to deliver. They need to be able to run the football against favorable looks so that this passing offense can really take off like we know it can. So if Spencer Brown plays, which means Daryl Williams gets back to right guard, and all of a sudden you're better in two spots, I think we see this running game deliver. So for the Bills running backs, I'm I'm excluding Josh Allen, they're going to combine for 4.2 yards per carry or better. Number three, here's my parlay of the week. The Bills will hold the Jets under their offensive season averages for points at 18, yards at 329, and first downs at 19.75. That's my way of saying that I think that the Bills' defense will do its job against the Jets. They're going to take care of their business. The Jets are not going to have an above-average game for them on Sunday. So I didn't get cute with any fancy individual predictions for the Bills' defense, but as a unit, I expect them to show up and really limit the Jets on Sunday. And lastly, I think the Bills win this game. If they don't, then we get all kinds of worried. Then we really do smash that panic button and have to be honest about where this team is. But I think this Bills team is going to come out hungry, aggressive, and wanting to reestablish themselves as the team that they think they can be this year. And so I think you're going to see the Bills really put their best foot forward and come out hungry and take care of their business against the Jets on Sunday. All right, so my NFL draft prospects to watch on Saturday with an eye towards the Buffalo Bills. I know that you guys want to hear all about offensive linemen, and I'm going to give you three of them today and a cornerback, but I'm trying to cover as many prospects as possible, and we've already done a ton of offensive linemen. This offensive line conversation isn't a new one here on this podcast. Literally all season long, I've been giving you offensive linemen to watch, and so I don't necessarily have any, like, super high-caliber offensive lineman yet left to tell you about. I've told you about him at this point. So we're going to go to more of the mid-round guys here because we've talked about those premier players. So let's get into it. At 12 o'clock, turn your TV to Fox, Oklahoma, and Baylor. And the Sooners, the Oklahoma Sooners, have a couple of offensive linemen that are worthy of your attention. Their left guard, number 54, Marquise Haynes. He's 6'5", 324 pounds. And their right tackle, number 52, Tyrese Robinson, who is six foot three, 324 pounds. I think they're both guards in the NFL. They're both very experienced blockers. Hayes has been entrenched at left guard for the Sooners since 2019. Robinson has two seasons starting at right guard and then this year at right tackle. I think he's a guard in the NFL. Both have good size. They're physical. They're aggressive blockers. And I think in the middle rounds, they have starter appeal. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, CBS, Georgia against Tennessee. The attraction here is Tennessee right tackle Cade Mays. He wears jersey number 68, and he aligns at right tackle for the Vols. 6'5", 325 pounds. He's played every position. 
in college. He's played tackle, guard, and center. I think he's a guard in the NFL, and he's really putting it all together this year, technique-wise. Um, I had some concerns with him before this year where hands were a little bit off, wasn't necessarily playing with great leverage in Ben, but I think he's found his game, and the technique is showing up. He's extremely powerful. He's got heavy hands, and he has that temperament that you're looking for, that nasty demeanor. And this will be a fun showcase game for him against his former team, the Georgia Bulldogs, transferred over a couple of years ago, had a really kind of goofy situation with his dad, and his father was at a, a school event and you know hurt his thumb on a folding chair, and there was all kinds of issues. He transfers to, to Tennessee and has been a starter for them, and I think he's playing his best football right now. And um, so not only is it a good test because it's Georgia and the outstanding defensive front that they have, but that extra oomph because it's his former team. So that should be a lot of fun to see that matchup. And then at 7 p.m. Eastern time, FS1, Arizona State against Washington, cornerback Trent McDuffie. I love this player. This is one of my favorite players in the class. He's one of my guys. Not necessarily like one of the best two or three corners in the draft, but uh, man, I think he's going to have a great career. He's extremely physical. He's a wonderful tackler. I mean, one of the better tackling corners I've watched in a while. He's athletic. He's got really quick, fluid feet, loose hips. I mean, he's got really nice, natural mobility. Just the way he plays the position is really, really good. And then yeah, he's so smart in coverage. I think he's sticky in man coverage. He can play zone. He can play inside and outside. He's just a versatile, sound football player that's physical, aggressive. He tackles. There's just so much to like about Trent McDuffie. And so whether it's late first round or you know somewhere on day two, I think McDuffie is going to be a steal. And I'd love to see him be a Buffalo Bill. You know, If they're not going to bring back Levi Wallace, the Bills will need an outside corner opposite of Trey White. And if they choose to go through the draft, Trent McDuffie is one of my favorite prospects and favorite football players in the rising class. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I certainly hope you enjoyed this Friday discussion. I'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again next time.